Hello, Internet friends, and welcome to me hitting the wrong button on the intro screen to bring up the watermark and episode number 129 of Final Boss TV, your WoW and Game Rating Show. I'm Adam K, a.k.a. Bay. I'll be your host for this adventure, and I get to interview Exorcist again today because they won. So, but they're going wicked casual after this, obviously, which we'll get into more in the show as we go forward. But we're going to talk all about uh, the Nighthold and the the drama about the Nighthold, and it was a little bit a little bit less drama than than previous, but there's still something going on there. But first off, of course, a big shout out over on the Final Boss TV Patreon to Tazlin, Ludovicus, and oh goodness, who are my other ones? I have Tazlin. Ludovicus and Truffles. Thank you for the assistant producer support on the show. Thank you very much for the growing support. Additionally, there are BTS podcasts that exists now for the the spec specific shows. There's not one for the Exorcist interview today, but if you have watched or listened to all the other ones in the past, those are still happening for the future ones, just not not today's episode in particular, because there's no need to have a BTS show when we're talking about it all today. So. Today, we're going to talk to some returning guests and faces we've seen before. Um, we're, we're not sure if they're all here for this gentleman, but Nurse is back. Hi, Nurse. Hello. Hello, everyone. I'm back from the shadows because I'm a rogue. <laughs> That's true, so. right? <laughs> yeah. I got to wait so. like 20 seconds for chat to just explode with your emotes. It'll happen. It'll happen. We're waiting for it. <laughs> but welcome back to the show yeah, again, we'll sir. Wait. You you kept playing rogue the whole tier, right? You didn't you didn't cheat on your your class, did you? No, there isn't a reason to change the class, but actually I'm excited about red and decay. But rogues are still most cool hmm. for me and for progression. So probably I never change it. Fair enough. Alviona is back. Hello, sir. Welcome back. Yeah. Hello once again to everyone. You're ready to hear. You're talking about Rogue as well today, right? You're playing Rogue as well. <laughs> no, not really. Rogues are best things. Well. Yeah. Almost a Rogue, yeah. Well, that's that's a oh, veiled that's a veiled Illidan joke because you could you could Rogue tank him back in beat in a Burning Crusade. So, not now though, obviously. Sadly, which tank did you actually end up playing? Well, I end up playing a Brewmaster for the whole tier. Uh, I've been thinking about Druid too. However, it just ended up to being a Brewmaster better because I think we started with a Warrior plus Brewmaster. And for the Gul'dan, we've been using a Brewmaster plus Druid because we just needed a mass sprint ability uh... to make sure we're not ended up out of the platform. Oh, gosh. And the newcomer here, the fresh meat, there's Tuki. Hello, sir. Welcome. Hello everyone. Unfortunately, I'm not a rogue. Unfortunately, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> surprising. I, I, yeah, I wish I was a rogue, but I'm not. Uh, I'm just a healer, and uh, I'm I'm a straight. I have the strangest class, probably holy priest, as my main character. So, yeah. Wait, 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 wait. Sure. what's what's wrong with holy priest? What's wrong with holy priest? 
No one is using it. Just <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's it. That's yeah, Brewmaster. That's what's yeah, wrong. That's no, what's wrong. everyone uses Brewmaster right now. Nobody is using Holy Priest. Oh, oh that's that, totally true. Absolutely. Let's make it special. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> Mama, I'm special. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Holy Priest seems fine. I don't know. We'll get into more of that as we go through, but uh, I'm glad. I, when, I, when I set up these World First shows, I always like to have a mix, right? I like to talk to the three different aspects of, of the raid. So I'm excited to actually have a healer on to talk about stuff. So the show will be about 94% talking about healing today. So just for... for I'm just kidding. <laughs> We're but, not against. <laughs> oh, okay. But, but I guess the first question I have in here, the first, we'll start off with the whole Storming the Nightwell topic, is how did the Nighthold race shape up overall? Like, were there any major changes from when you beta tested over a year ago to, to live and you know what do you think of the good encounters bad encounters etc and because we're talking about healing today we're going to go back over to, to Tuki sir what 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 do you think of uh, Nighthold well if we're talking generally oh. about Nighthold I think it's one of the <laughs> okay nurse gonna be no oh, I, I was oh, okay. you, you, yeah open open it up yeah that's fine you've been just so surprised so yeah. you're in charge uh, here I'm just a okay. damage dealer <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> wow. So, Stupid yeah, uh, overall, I think Nighthold <laughs> was a great dun raid dungeon, one of my favorite ones for sure. Well, mostly because uh, it's get, it has a great uh, difficulty curve for everyone, starting from, you know, pretty easy first three bosses to average bosses till the ninth one, or probably, yeah, no, eighth one. Yeah, and uh, the last one is just amazing with the secret phase, similar to uh, Margok one, it's, and it's just really cool. So if we're talking about uh, the di uh, differences between the live version and the beta one, uh, a lot of encounters have been changed. Mm. Well, probably not too much, but still, uh, for example, we've been expecting way more from Baronist and probably way less from uh, Alluriel. So after all, I wouldn't say that any of the encounters received some kind of major changes. However, uh, Ticondrus ended up being a some kind of a wall for us. We wasted more than 72 pools, I think, for it. Oh, wow. uh, when the other guilds just uh, smashed it with 9 to 10 pools, which was really well, a first hit for us. And we've been really scared because of that, because, well, we've been thinking that we're doing something completely wrong. And that was the truth, after all. Uh, because at the start, we've been leading due to the fact that we were not running split runs at the start, however, both Serenity and Method. I think, yeah, both of them just started from the split runs, but uh, we ended up well, so it's okay. Oh, yeah, definitely. Open. Yeah. So you, you, you talked about Tychondrius. Did you, did you not, oops, did you not do the, um, all these bosses, right? And the whole way the game and the, the ecosystem and the community has sort of like evolved with, it's it's this is the meme strat or the meme spec or all this other nonsense. Did you not do the don't blow up brand strat on Tychondrius? Like why did you get held up on on that boss in particular? What like what was the the roadblock there? Like now over two weeks ago, but like what 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 came about Tychondrius being uh being an issue? 
Well, actually, at the start, we've just started to splitting every ranged uh, DPS and healers uh, with a pair. So they're just, you know, covering each other for their ability. And no, we've been blowing up their brands, however, just on the transition phase. And it was working, well, fairly well, unless until we realized that we're losing a lot of damage because of that. And, mm. well, it just was way too complex. So we just ended up using a Zerg strategy with uh, covering uh, each uh, of the ability with the rogue. So they've yeah, been just power. using. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> So we've been just, you know, almost trivializing this part of the encounter. And uh, I think w w after the changing the strategy, we've just killed it in like five pools or something mm. like that. There, there are a lot of weird hooks involved in a few bosses. I mean, this only you know, like comes out of the after like a week or two. People figure out like, oh, you can just you can just do this and ignore all of this part of the encounter. So, like, and you talked about you did you didn't um, you didn't have much trouble with with botanist. Did you know the order going into botanist before you got there, or did you try out different orders on which ones to kill first in mythic, or was that because now there's like one order, don't ever deviate from this order. So, how did that, how, well, that was the weird swing there too. How did that work out? Well, after Tikondris, we decided to go first to Augur. Because we had some, I don't know, plans for him since beta. Uh, I don't remember how much pulls we did exactly, but not so much. We spent not more than two hours as I can remember. So we just uh, saw this boss and understand that probably we need more damage for this boss. But <laughs> since we never seen the last phase uh, during these two hours, we generally decided to kill Botanist first when we saw then Serenity killed this boss. So mm -hmm. it became our strategy, kill Botanist first and then return to Augur. So just having some new gear for it. And about previous bosses, we just uh, saw what Limit killed because they have reset earlier. Right. So that was our plan, as usual. Thanks, US guilds. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of a lot of the misnomer in the community is that the EU guilds are at a disadvantage when they get on and get start raiding when the servers come up. But that's that's totally not true. You guys have the advantage because you see what guilds kill what in what order for like optional bosses. And you just copy that order and just slam it down. So we're at the disadvantage on our end of the pond. So, but what about what about good and bad encounters or general feel of the Nighthold from a healing perspective? Tuki, like what did you did you play Holy Priest uh, the whole way through, or is it like a different healer comps the whole way? No, I was a Holy Priest for the whole dungeon. And when you when you feel when you think about healing composition, you actually make it for the entire raid, not for one exact boss. Uh, provided that you don't know what's happening on the last boss because it's uh, never being tested. And, uh, well, you, you you don't know what healer can be better there. Uh, so, actually, uh, the raid was very, very cool. It was very beautiful with the different mechanics, uh, pretty good tuning. But the one thing was really, really bad, and it was two healers' compositions for uh, for Augur and Elisant. Mm -hmm. So the only strategy you could use was two healers, because uh, otherwise you, you you just hit the Berserk timer, you just cannot kill the boss at all. So either you use two healers or you die. Uh, 
Uh, and this was, uh, I think, it, it, of course it was a problem, uh, but I think it's a bigger problem for semi-hardcore guilds who usually keep five or six killers in their in their roster. We got, we got only five and now we even have four. So it's probably not a problem for when you have four killers, but it's a huge, huge obstacle for people if you have six or even more or five. Um, and, but, but, well, I would give it like seven out of 10 from my healing perspective. The raid mm. is pretty cool. Cool. That was definitely a thing. They, they, they being Blizzard, the Blues really reacted to that though, because one reset later, they did finagle the balance tuning on Star Augur. So he has less HP, but his abilities do more damage, forcing you to require a little bit extra healing on that fight. So you're not only just two healing it. And then now last reset, I believe, Elisan got a similar treatment where she'll cast her, her AOE ability more often, but then she also has less health, I believe, too. Because again, they want you to bring more healers and not just bring two <laughs> to these fights. Yeah. So I think this nerfs are really cool because they they I I'm glad that they realized that they had, they had to change something with it because it's not okay when you just uh, have to substitute healers with the DPS dealer just to just to kill the boss. Uh, but I I'm not I, I'm not really sure what's happening in Alison right now because we killed it before uh, they applied a hotfix. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, Star Augur became less uh, problematic, I think, because the last phase was the only problem, but it was very, very huge DPS check, and right. so now it's it's nerfed. That's fair enough. I, I guess they, they don't want... And this always becomes up as a point of contention whenever, like, you know, all of a sudden, mythic guilds are three tanking an encounter, or two healing an encounter. They always sort of have to react to that kind of quickly. They've only been reacting now on the resets. They kind of let the let the boss play out for the week, and then on that Tuesday Wednesday time, then they've applied something to fix the the issues that have arisen. So at least they were correcting the problem and not just like sort of nerfing the encounters because we had rad raid testing really recently. But like, slow down, Blizzard. Slow down. <laughs> slow down. Yeah, it's. Did you? So have you not? gone back and re-beaten Elisand yet to see how she feels after the the latest round of, of hotfixing then? Well, we've killed her on Wednesday and I think the hotfix itself has been applied in, you know, Wednesday night. So we just oh, killed okay. it and right after our kill, it was changed. So we haven't seen the new one. I guess it's something we're going to see in the two days or so. Right. But I don't think it's going to change anything at all because it's just, well, you know, a matter of swapping two DPSers to two healers or something like that. No, that's fair. But I mean, I guess that's the whole, they want this. I think they've, they've definitely fine-tuned this four healer, two tank, 14 DPS for Mythic. And that's sort of where they aim. And that's how, I guess, Nighthold should have been all the way. You can five heal Botanist technically because the Enrage timer is really lenient. But that's about it. Outside of that, you mean three healing Krosis is really, really, really important because of that DPS check early on before you get more gear. So, but gear or trades depends on the guild. True. Well, you 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 bring up the the elephant in the room here. The next little point I had in here is: did did everyone in your? I mean, obviously, everyone had to have fifty four trades for progression, correct? Yeah. Well, actually, and not, not only. Uh, oh yeah. 
about no, you're me. Wrong. Actually, not, a, not everyone. No, actually, most part of our guild. Um, well, the target was that each raider, um, as you know, uh, we should have two characters for progression, and they should be similar on eye level, on traits, and uh, if you have. Uh, successful with legendaries too so this is required from you in this guild right so but uh, returning to the traits uh you should have 54 traits on both of them uh excluding one thing if you're playing uh mage rogue hunter warlock so you can understand me when you have more than one dps specialization so uh i was farming uh, mouth souls until i get 54 on Assassination and Outlaw. So, yes, uh, at each boss, we have all characters with 54 traits. Except, but Alvioni said there was a caveat to that? Uh, well, as an exception, for example, our warrior has been uh, using the arms spec till the start of the raid, and when they realize they need to use uh, Fury for a lot of encounters, they just respect, and some of them got, like, I think, 50 traits, not the 54. Although though it's not just, well, you know, 35 or something like that. I just meant to say that 45 is not some kind of a prerequisite to coming for new bosses. However, for the last ones, it was almost um, required because uh, the rate damage was quite high and you can just being one-shotted if you have not enough HP. So right. that's how it works. I guess that's that's the weird point, and we were going over this slightly before we were setting up the show, that for, for whatever reason, the Paragon trait system, the 20-point trait system, has definitely gone out of hand a little bit. But it's coming right back in the future, and it's more punishing for the top guilds. So, I mean, Alviani, you brought up the one-shot side of things. I mean, Tuki, how does that make you feel from a healer standpoint? That overkills were happening at, like, 50k, 40k, if you don't have 54 traits, because abilities just outright kill you. Uh, well... If we're if we're talking about one shot mechanics, I never liked that. I think that, uh, and and moreover, if we take bosses like crosses, there is really heavy AOE damage, but you still have to take only three healers because the damage is uh, it, it is pretty high, but it's not it's not happening all the time. So you still have time to heal it, and then you can only die to combination of abilities. So. Um, I think that they should they should just make uh, more pressure on the raid from the bosses like Kalisand to make people to make raid leaders take more healers and with uh, just uh, and it is going to be a, a lot better for for them because it's much more interesting to play when you all when you have to heal when you have something to heal all the time um, and. Uh, so it is. So it, it, it how it's work. I, I'm not really sure if uh, dying to abilities because of uh, having not enough traits is something bad. Because of course they tune bosses according to uh, 55, 50, uh, four traits, uh, artifact levels. So it's it's just. Uh, it's just something that you cannot avoid. Otherwise, otherwise the the rate would be extremely easy, like Emerald Nightmare. So it's mm -hmm. not really a problem. Yeah, I guess that's the weird 
point of that, I mean, Alviona, you have to to juggle all of this, right? And organize and and make sure everyone on the roster puts all this time in. And I mean, there was the topic I had. How much pre Nighthold prep did you do? But I think a lot of it really comes down to the the math beyond that you put so much time outside of raid that impacts the actual raid. Do you foresee with the changes in 7.2 that they're going to be trying to tone that down or make it so not mandatory? Like, are they going to balance two Sargeras for 71 traits? Like, hopefully not. So, I don't know. What is well, your I really take hope on so. the whole thing? Well, as I already said, all the changes that are coming in 7.2 probably going to help more casual players. However, they're going to make hardcore players suffer even more because you basically need to farm 71 now and it's going to take even more than it's now on PTR according to the last latest blue posts. Uh, well, the logic is pretty simple. They just want to give you more AP for every kind of uh, you know weekly things and to give you less AP for all the repetitive things like Mythic Pluses and so on. Right. So after all, we're ending up in a situation where you can, you know, just get some kind of AP for the, all the things like raids, uh, weekly chest, which now going to be giving an AP, yeah? And when we ended up farming all the AP we can on this week, we just need to start farming, guess what? More souls and probably with the new changes is going to be Halls of Weller. Cool. However, it's not the changing uh, the second part. We still need to grind it to make those trades able for us. Because if we're not, we're just probably going to end up in a situation where, for example, if Method would do this or Serenity, we're ending up being, well, let's say two or three percent, uh, you know, less DPS healing and you know, effective HP one compared to them, which is a huge deal on some bosses. Right. As an example, we can just talk about a Star Ogre one, which was a tight DPS plus um, rate cooldowns check. So, uh, for example, classes like Hunter got a serious issue there because they have no uh, active cooldowns apart from uh, the aspect of the turtle one. So they basically were dead after the first uh, really big uh, cast, which is more than UHP. So uh, for some classes, this is even more problem than it is for some other classes. I guess Tuki can talk about his uh, <laughs> Emerald Nightmare experience because uh, during Emerald Nightmare, Holy Priests have almost zero, just zero right. uh, kind yeah, of yeah. Uh, some kind of uh, ra uh, personal cooldowns, and it's just well, you know, you're basically dead. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, uh, after all, all of those changes are, of course, helping the casual players or even semi-hardcore ones. However, they're not helping at all for us, the top-tier hardcore guilds. And that's my main goal, why I've been tr talking to Blizzard and saying to them that the main idea, what should be hardcore rating right now, is some kind of a similar to PvP system where we're fixed to, let's say, 45 or 40, uh, 44 trades for, let's say, uh, Nighthold, uh, 54 for Tomb of Sargeras, and so on. So we're just fixed, and if we have more, they're just not giving you anything, let's say, for, well, four weeks, probably five weeks, starting from a raid. So it's going to help uh, some progression guilds to turn down a bit our preparations. Plus, you can just turn off all the legendaries for three, four weeks, too. Uh, and after all, it's just some kind of a first nerf to a raid dungeon. So it's just, well, you know, everyone is happy and we just need to farm way less. 
because as of now the respect part for pure DPS is just a terrible thing. For example, if you're playing Fire Mage and you have fire, five Fire Mage legendaries, well, your first spec is just not usable, even if you have 45 traits. Uh, 54. 54, I mean, yeah, 54. Yeah, yeah. So, after all, it all comes down to a situation where Shadow Priests are fine, uh, probably. Uh, however, the pure DPSers are not. And yeah. that's something that should be fixed for sure. And we're still waiting for some kind of, well, you know, meaningful changes from Blizzard. Uh, because, well, 7.2 is still in test. Yep. And I'm really sure they're going to hear us out and change something to, le to let us well, leave and still playing hardcore or something like They're that. There is this weird level that has been set, not by Blizzard directly, but definitely by the more hardcore raiding community, that there is obviously power to be farmed outside of raids, right? Dungeons are relevant forever now because of the Warforged, Titanforge system. And then at the same time you're farming for that, right? For relics or for that one piece of gear or that one extra god roll, they're farming AP. It's like a consolation prize for everything else. But because there is a dump for AP, again, that Paragon trait, that really skews the balance across the whole spectrum of raiding guilds. So yeah, I, I, I've been a proponent now for weeks that that 20-point that trait should just be either removed or it should only be turned on, like you said, later on down the road after a patch has been out for a while, after a raid's been out for a while as a soft nerf mechanic. Just because it's so, it's required. Like, if there is power to be gained on your team, you're going to achieve it. It's like, you know, a professional sports team going like, oh, we've only practiced 18 hours a week, we're fine. But other teams are practicing 30 hours a week. Like, they're going to be more prepared. And it's it sucks because it's it becomes really required for for that style of rating. And I hope something happens. The Paragon trait goes away turned off for a while, something. Otherwise, you're going to have to farm 71 traits in the patch. We hope to. Yeah. But we'll see. I hope so. But like you said, too, and, and it comes up in chat, I mean, legendaries are a weird point of contention, but if, if artifact stuff was a little more baseline across the board, would you say that that would make the competition a little more, like, streamlined or even? between the top guilds, between the world first race, because you're not juggling, well, we can't run this rogue because he's three traits behind, but methods rogues are all 54 or whatever. Like, that that whole problem would be gone. It'd be alleviated. So, from a DPS standpoint, Nurse, I mean, what what sort of... And you're playing a rogue. I play Enhancement Shaman, so I was I done. remember when it comes out, <laughs> so I was done before Mythic opened, but you probably weren't, were you? With multiple specs? Yeah, I used multiple specs. For example, um, when Nighthold was released, I actually had only one Beast Legendary for Assassination, and I had two Beast Legendaries for Outlaw. And during this week, I was pretty lucky with buffs, and sometimes uh, my DPS was really huge. 
much more better than a nation can bring on some encounters. And in some ways, I think I thought that um, this spec might be used even on single target because, as you know, outlaw is more better for some cliff fights or something like that. Uh, but um, actually. <laughs> I was successful with second beast legendary during this week, but uh, even I didn't get it. Uh, probably I would use the spec, but it's not uh, very good for uh, even we're talking only about single target fights because you know it's random because uh, it's not uh, this thing that you can lean on. Uh, uh, no, <laughs> wrong idea. Sorry. So um, I used uh, Outlaw on the first boss, but who cares about first boss? Uh, Spellblade Aerial, lots of AOE. So uh, yes, I needed uh, both of the specs. Assassination really good on single targets, as you know, because uh, it's just, I don't know. This is the only thing that it can do. Right. So, uh, but uh, in some ways, um, I, I'm sad about, uh, about subtlety because um, this pack is uh, really wants from you really good legendaries because without them you can play. Yes, this pack is good uh, as outlaw on some multiple target fights because you can gain uh, more dips to the single target because uh, of your folk. You're stacking up more combo points, you can uh, use more eviscerates on the single targets. But um, mm, I never had an opportunity to test it because uh, I needed to farm more AP returning yeah. to that. So, uh, but if we're talking about uh, all these multiple specs, they are all good, but uh, you can, I don't know how much you should play to have all of them and have all legendaries for all the specs. So this is the problem. They did just recently confirm that, which many of you may have noticed recently um that now your legendary bad luck protection only has like one level and it doesn't keep going up and up and up and up anymore so they've made it so that legendaries now have like the same chance to drop after each one drops they don't have it an exponential wall so if you've gotten your sixth and you're waiting for your seventh it's the same chance you have going from one to two so that's a nice change because I've been for five for five months in a row, I got a legendary at the end of each month for five months, like so thirty days between each. But then I just got my sixth randomly, like ten days after my fifth. So there definitely is an upswing on them. But yeah, I felt it because, for example, well, it's only about me. I was lucky with that because uh, right now, don't tell anyone, I have eight legendaries right now. Oh boy! Wait. Yeah. <laughs> He got four in one martyr and something like that. Free. Very mean. Free. Very mean oh, person. Very mean. You don't want to <laughs> during, play like during that. During January, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you can hear. Now everybody. I have five. Guilt. Just, just in case. Nobody wants to speak with me. Or six. I don't. Look remember. at him. He ignores me. He ignores me. <laughs> <laughs> of course I do. You have eight legendaries, dude. <laughs> well, actually, I think it's how this system should be working from the start, and mm. that's the main problem. It's not some kind of a quality of life improvement, it's just how it should be from the start. And, well, it's just sad they took them, it took them so much time to realize it should be like that. 
because actually now a person who just started playing this expansion probably gonna have almost similar quantity of uh, legendaries to us even though we wasted so much time on it yeah and that's really sad it, it definitely i mean at least to like you know glass half full sort of thoughts this is it this is at the first tier and we know there are two more on the horizon and at least these problems aren't perpetrating themselves at least not all of them outside of ap aren't going the whole breadth and hopefully they get solved and figured out more so now so that they're less egregious in the future because we're going to be in legion for a long damn time like buckle up kids you know so but moving on from that, um, you brought up Star Augur and Elison a little bit, but just to recap, if those that you know aren't aware, off your official Twitter, your wipe count on Star Augur was 130, on Elison 198, bit of an upswing on that one, and then 248 for Mythic Gul'dan. And you already went over the steady pace of you know how the raid increases in difficulty as it goes through. A little bit changed now because of the the hotfix and tuning and whatever, but did. I guess what people always wonder as these bosses go through on the top guilds, did you ever create anything like add-on wise or weak aura wise to help you overcome certain parts of these encounters? Mostly like Mythic Gul'dan, right? Like was there, like how how did you figure out how to do these things when no one else was working on them? Like what do you, what do, you do to tackle that? Well, we've got some add-ons prepared for sure, and to be honest, we've been preparing them since the beta, because mm. we saw the encounters and realized that, for example, for the Star Ogre, we need some kind of a, you know massive add-ons to make sure we're going to handle it way faster than the other guilds. That's why you can see some kind of an interesting add-on on our uh, Gul'dan kill, and this one helped us a lot on Ogre too. Wouldn't say it had uh, some kind of an impact for Elisan. However, for the other encounters, yeah, it really was impactful. Well, but I should know that for every guild is trying to, you know, do their best to make the best add-ons and we chorus. So, and if we're talking about Gul'dan, nothing really that much uh, impactful was made. But of course, we've been using some of the we chorus add-ons or big weeks timers that we've made it ourselves because no one actually has seen this encounter before us and right. uh, I should note that for the Gul'dan itself the last phase was really really bugged at the start however thanks to Blizzard they fixed everything well almost everything in like one or two days because at the start uh, when we first reached the third phase without almost all raid dead so we've been actually, we've been actually able to see the abilities he is using the inner demon. Uh, so we've actually wiped like 20 times because of the fact that he's been using his flame crash or whatever it's called ability mm -hmm. on a random person and just wiping us. Oh. And after that, yeah, Blizzard just said, oh, okay, looks like it's a bug. We're going to fix it. Well, probably, yeah, and something like that. So, yeah. I think we wasted like 20 pools uh, for the last phase due to some kind of a bugs. However, when they were fixed, we just started to gaining some kind of a steady progress on that. And well, in, after all of the things, we just killed it. So yeah, something like that. So I mean, and that's that's the one thing that always comes around. I think I, I for the most part, everyone has said, and um, we'll talk more about Gul'dan specifically in the future, but. That everyone said that that Blizzard reacted pretty quickly to the mythic only phase and fixed things, and everything else was just 
really smooth. Nothing really held you up. Well, yeah, as I said, they fixed it this pretty quick. Uh, well, of course, it was not as quick as we hoped it mm. will be. But yeah, of course, it takes some time. Probably, well, if not a server reset, at least it needs some kind to actually to be, well, you know, applied to a live server. Right. So I would say it was pretty quick. But still, I think we've lost almost one day and around uh, 20 pools for the last phase because of that. Hmm. Okay. I uh, I guess I want to move on to a bit of a hotbed topic that I prefaced in the intro about sort of the drama that came out of the Nighthold, and I don't. It wasn't as bad as TOV, but so we obviously had the Methody Serenity lockout issue. Then we had the the telltale of someone trying to buy the Mythic Gul'dan strategy. Then we had the From Scratch video leak early upload, which sort of sniped your upload. And then we had the other Russian guild that exploited and got banned on Star Augur. So... <laughs> the thumbs up from This Nerf. guy from this guild. <laughs> <It's> yeah. <laughs> so I've been here for two months, so <laughs> and before that... Yeah? <laughs> I had been in the guild called Fusion. <laughs> It's another Russian guild who actually, which actually bugged Star Augur, and yeah, it's, it's probably famous right now. They even released a video yep. of that kill, so... You're pretty lucky I, with avoiding the bans. Yeah. <laughs> if you came up I, I joined... Banned on Helia. <laughs> if you stayed I joined <laughs> right after they banned, and they mm -hmm. moved from Fusion, and then Fusion <laughs> got banned for exploiting Star Augur. <laughs> I dodge everything. I'm invincible. Sorry, Blizzard. <laughs> wow. But I, I, I guess that whole situation aside, like, what, what is it? Not to make it's, it's obviously a meme now. Like, what are the Russians gonna exploit next? Um, like, wh why do you think all of this stuff keeps happening? Because nothing happened with you guys this tier. Obviously, you learned your lesson in TOV. I would imagine, right? Like, like, you know, lesson learned, right? So, eh, but I, was there anything else or what are your thoughts on, on this kind of thing? Uh, at least, I don't know, Tuki, you go first on this one because you sort of bounce between the problem. I mean, what are your... Uh, well, I, of course, uh, I kind of expected this rumor to start when we, uh, when we killed Gul'dan like as the world's first kill because of course if uh, there were some precedents in past of course people may start thinking oh this russians with their bugs again and moreover yeah. they just saw this fusion star augur kill with the uh, monk just using this transcendence feature right mm -hmm. and uh, of course they start they start making accusations of uh, cheating and uh, and everything like that. So I kind of expected that. And uh, moreover, I can say that it's probably normal, but uh, it's only normal unless you can see the justification uh, Blizzard, uh, that Blizzard officially congratulated us. Right. And it means that they, they were actually looking at our progression because they had to you know, fix stuff on the phase three. And of course it's impossible to, to fix it without looking at what's going on there and how other guilds uh, are progressing. So 
uh, I think this is the point where people should actually stop, stop making just accusations for fun, because I, I know that's always fun, like saying, oh, oh Russia, they cheated. What, what's what's the what are they going to cheat? What are they going to exploit now? What are mm -hmm. they going to abuse now? But um, well, I, I hope it's only for fun. Yeah. That's it. What we know about Russians, they drink in vodka, they are cheating. Oh, <laughs> wow. And, <laughs> and rushing B. Yeah, rush B, suka, bled. Oh my goodness. I rushed B very quickly and killed Gul'dan. That was rush B was in Emerald Nightmare. That was uh, yeah. Now we decided play. to rush A. I, I guess yeah, the... Oh, go ahead, Alviano, go ahead. Yeah, and talking about the exploits part, I would say it's not that easy to distinguish an exploit from a clever use of game mechanics sometimes, mm -hmm. especially on a top-tier edge, because, well, there are a lot of, well, questionable things we're doing. Uh, for example, you know, like uh, dodging some kind of a spells with our abilities. However, if it's an ability which is given by Blizzard, it's not something that, well, we're just, uh, you know, Kiting the ad uh, outside of the room, it's uh, pretty understandable, Me leads to a ban. However, to situations where we're just using our spells, that's not something that always, from my opinion, should be ban um, a reason for a ban and something like that. Because, well, uh, there was a similar situation with uh, Gul'dan, actually. It's not a bug or exploit, however, some guilds haven't understood how it's working. So, for example, as far as I know, Serenity wasn't using this at all. Uh, I just can explain it a bit. Uh, for example, you, uh, I'm pretty sure you've seen the Well of Souls yeah. in, the, in the middle of a room, and you need just to soak the debuffs from it to make sure, uh, well, they are not exploding during his cast. Sure. So after all, we realized that if you are soaking with nine debuffs, you just can't uh, get the ten one. So nine is a cap. So you continue to gaining uh, the stacks. However, they are not well. You're damaging you more. So you just need two people actually to soak these debuffs instead of a five six or something like that. Hmm. Is it an exploit or not? Well. Of course, uh, we just need to make sure, and that's why Blizzard just looked at it, and nothing was said to us. So we've been okay. We can use it, it's fine. However, for example, some kind of a guild probably could be thinking, oh no, we can't use it, they're gonna ban us, and something like that. So, as I said, always there are a lot of uh, questionable situations, and we just don't have any kind of a rule set, so we just don't using this one, using this one, and so on. It's yeah. just, well, a matter of some kind of, you know, just... For example, in an exorcist, it's just me who just wants to said, okay, guys, we're using it, or okay, guys, we're not using it because we're going to be banned. And well, on hell yeah, after all, it was a bad decision. However, I'm mm. not regretting it still because I'm thinking that, well, as I've already told, uh, we've been able to kill it even without it, this bug. We just we could just simply uh, killing our tanks every time more, more and more, and it's going to be... A, okay for us and the fact that she stops using it a bit this ability is was well more like uh, okay we're not gonna sacrifice our tanks anyway great so yeah uh, i think that uh, blizzard really uh, could just uh, communicate with us and just saying stop using this or you're gonna get banned it's not just something so hard i'm pretty sure well they're anyway looking at our try skills and so on so it's not that much of a deal to just communicate with us that's just my opinion yeah, there definitely is a weird gray area, but I mean, obviously, 
teleporting out of Star Augur to remove the debuff and then teleporting back is probably not a clever use of game mechanics. Uh, but there is... That's a weird one about the debuff. I didn't actually know that. That seems like it's a failure in coding because if the, if the debuff stops at 9 and caps at the damage those two players take, obviously it's going to be a lot, but it's less people overall. You don't want a ton of 4 and 5 stacks. You can just have two nines. I don't, I don't see how they... Some of those things you find when you first get there... I bet a lot of the top guilds in, in, in this realm, and you guys in, in obviously included, go like, hmm. Because you never know if it's just like a broken mechanic, or if it's intentional, or if it's bugged, or whatnot. But yeah, there is definitely no rule set. There's no quick, clear communication or whatever like that. I don't know. It's a strange one. Well, it just thing. happens all the time. Just happens all the time, so yeah. there is no kind of a rule set. Yeah. And yeah, and then Tuki brought up the whole official tweet from Blizzard that congratulated you on your victory, which is, it's a nod from them, officially, and it confirmed that there was no funny business, because they're obviously probably GM mode watching you in your ID floating around in their invisible bodies, um, making sure that it was legit. Which, I don't know if they've... I feel like they've had, they've, they were forced to do that, because I don't remember them doing this for previous raid tiers. Well, they actually had done it before. I think they'd done it for an Archimon. They just didn't have uh, anything to congratulate on on in Emerald Nightmare and mm. on Helia. But I think they just probably thinking of uh, the, all of these three raid dungeons as a one tier. That's why just congratulated us on a golden victory. So this definitely was done to Method and Archimon. I'm like 99% sure. Okay. And including the fact that there were a lot of noise about this. Ah, they cheating. Check them. Check them. Yeah. Ah, Darkmoon cards uh, back. Oh, check them. So. <laughs> yeah, Darkmoon cards is such an exploit. De definitely. <laughs> it's definitely just, I don't know. I know how people even like started thinking about it because I was not even uh informed about this exploit and it's actually not even an exploit because it's only a cosmetic thing that you if you remove the dark moon trinket you still have a buff but it's not working so and if people started like making accusations like you guys uh bugged dark moon cards we we saw your rest druid was with different trinket but still had a buff so that's definitely not what you want to like hear after the word first. Yeah, it's it's a strange one. I just I think we talked about this. Um, Method and I talked about this going forward that we hope there would be nothing too egregious in Nighthold, and there was. Uh, so now we can just only hope that after three different raids of a mixed bag of issues and exploits and bans and all this other tomfoolery lockouts being stolen. Pro tip for all those guilds out there that are pushing, make sure that your lockout is set to heroic when you're progressing on mythic. So even if some random person tries to get in your group and see your ID, it will not be your mythic ID. Put it on normal for all you care. I mean, just don't put it, don't leave your raid setting on mythic when you're not in a group because you can get- Or someone will bring your flasks and food oh, <laughs> for, mm. for free. <laughs> mm, I don't know about that. So but, one. 
but um, probably from competing guild. Uh, who knows? It's just I, I just guess. Uh, I guess the well, I'm just starting uh, to think uh, uh, like a goblin. Hmm, I'm not gonna spend money. Hello. Oh, free flasks. Oh, jeez. <laughs> So, I guess the last topic I had in this little bit was, um, how, what does the pressure feel like? I think Alviona went over this a little bit, but when when you know that there are definitely guilds that are proving themselves more and more and more each tier. Obviously, Method has, you have, Serenity got World Second this time. Um, Limit pushed pretty hard, right? So, what do you feel like the pressure is from those guilds? Like, do you keep up with what they're doing all the time, or do you just focus on yourselves? Like, how, how is your communication at the top end um, within your own guild when you're focusing on, on the high-end progression? And then how do you, like, filter out what's happening around you? How does that work? Well, I guess we've been pretty focused on the kill itself until the moment we wiped on 2% and been, you know, just trying to kill the boss till almost, uh, you know, morning. And when we realized we were too exhausted and so on, we just called and raid over and been thinking, and what if after our 2% wipe, another guild gonna kill it? I mean, it's just gonna be a disaster for everyone in our raid. However, after all, we just woke up, realized no one's still 10 out of 10 on the wolf progress. So we just came back and killed it within three pulls. Yeah, I guess we even, just even with Leggy Shaman. Yeah, and the, the funny moment was like uh, our Resto Shaman had uh, like 400 ping for all the boss oh, duration. So yeah, that was really hard for him. Though he died three times, I think, because of that. But, <laughs> two. but three, we, it's meme. <laughs> two? Okay, okay. Two, if two. it's two, yeah, probably two times. Though we still killed it. Interesting. There is just such a. There, there's such a weird ebb and flow to that because I'm on a totally different end, right? Than, than what you guys experience. And I always wonder about how that feels when you're at that moment. Because you, what's what the biggest thing to me is when you watch, I watch the US guilds, you know, kill three, four, five bosses in a row when servers come up. And then a half a day later, the EU guilds are right back up there. Like you caught up in so much less time because again, you guys get so much information from the US guilds doing it, that then you, when you get in front of the pack, how do you stay in front? Like, how do you stay ahead of the pack and not, not fall behind? Like, what do you, what was your raid schedule like during, because it took two, it took a reset, it took two whole weeks to kill Cooldan, which is good, maybe, from a balance standpoint. It didn't take 17 hours like Xavius did, but... <laughs> Like what? What's your focus when you're when you're moving forward as a guild? Like how how much time do you put forward? Do you how does that work out from you on on that end? I don't know, Tuki. You want to walk us through what your experience was like? Uh, well, actually, the the whole progression is pretty intensive and it's pretty hard for those players who are not prepared. For example, we had a Munkin, which uh, he was he was a pretty good player, but he I think he was mentally ready for the progression because when you raid. Uh, more than 15 hours per day with only like one or two uh, half an hour breaks, uh, it's totally just uh, hard. It's just hard. Uh, and uh, so speaking about pressure from other guilds, uh, when we came to Godan, we were just slightly behind Serenity because they got five or six hours 
uh, there was a five or six hours gap between us and Serenity because they killed Elisant faster. And uh, so, but after the first day of Gul'dan's progression, we were doing everything so, so cool. We had a brilliant strategy for the first phase. We uh, got the boss down to the to 25 or 20 percent. I don't remember. So it was so, so quickly. Our progression was really cool that I thought I, I started thinking like, what if uh, we are actually not behind? What if we are leading right now? It's probably, of course, Serenity are Serenity is a wonderful guild. They have just brilliant players. But what what if we are uh, not behind? What if we are leading? And uh, when we came to the to the boss and uh, we saw abilities are not working as intended on the phase three, we realized that okay, probably no one have ever seen these abilities that Blizzard is not that they're not uh, they, they have not been fixed yet. Mm -hmm. And of course, it's uh, it's a big pressure, especially when you know that uh, his uh, that jump or charge ability is not working properly. It's killing the raid all the time. You spend like more than uh, 10 minutes to go to the phase three, then you die. You spend again and then you die and you die yeah. like in like five times in a row. Of course, it's very disappointing knowing that Serenity <laughs> is probably somewhere behind and they are chasing and they're going to get to the point where you are wiping and uh, they won't have when they get to this point, they won't have to wait for this ability is being fixed mm. because, oh, okay. well, Blizzard, Blizzard will definitely fix it. Um, and um, yeah, it, it, it's very, very disappointing. I, I personally, I felt really exhausted because, well, just wiping for it, it was like wiping for nothing since abilities didn't work properly. But when we had like 2% wipe, it was really nervous night <laughs> because <laughs> I think we, uh, we stopped trading. I probably at uh, 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. I don't Hi. really remember. Uh, yeah, it was like 5 a.m. and uh, yeah, and we were trying to push it to the limit. To we were trying to kill the boss, but everyone was so exhausted that we wiped the two percent that our progression actually stopped there. Um, so we decided to have a break and. Uh, Unfortunately, I was thinking that Serenity might wake up earlier. <laughs> they uh -oh. made they just, just wake up, get the kill, and they will come. We will wake up, come to the boss. But it's already ten out of ten of wolf progress for Serenity. And I was like, oh god, <laughs> so close! <laughs> it was like fifty million or fifteen million. I don't remember exact numbers. Away from the world first, guys. We cannot let it happen. We cannot let Serenity kill it first. But then we came to the boss, and our rest of Shaman started having internet problems. Mm. It was like, <laughs> oh, kidding! <laughs> it's almost dead. Come on. <laughs> uh, but well. We still killed it in like three pulls. It was really quick on uh, on Saturday, if I recall correctly. Yeah, it was Saturday. Yeah, Everyone talks about serenity, serenity, but I was waiting an ambush from Method. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with it's a, a it's a, oh yeah with the mm. I believed. <laughs> I just believed. <laughs> it's. I, I just know that they are still in the list. They just somewhere here, so they yeah. can hit you from the back. <laughs> uh, 
that's so because they, they can they, I, I think they could kill this boss faster it was so. a pretty it was a pretty close race was it not like how I'm trying to bring up the uh, the timestamps here for when when it all went down because it wasn't they weren't too far apart were they oh gosh all the drama posts I'm trying to find the pages that have the timestamps for when it all you can oh, just damn. check on the wall progress, I think. Each so. guild, as I can remember, had an advantage in one day or two days. Yeah, one day. So Serenity killed it on Saturday, uh, on Sunday, uh, late in, at night, I think. Uh, and Method killed it on, on Mondays, if I recall correctly. Oh, yeah, this yeah, is about go down one day steps, yeah. This is crazy stats I'm looking at here, too. I, I definitely want us to move on, but I'm just looking through this and I. They. Um, the, the raid progress post on method.gg, like the official raid progress post, it shows the, the wipe counter for the three top guilds, right? Exorcist, Serenity, Method. And it is a little crazy to see. Yeah, there's your Tychondria, 71 wipes, but Serenity and Method only had eight and six. But then <laughs> you and Serenity yeah. only had 130 on Star Augur, and Method had 281. This is crazy to see. You had the least on Grand Magistrix, barely. You had the least on Gul'dan as well. Certainly took 347 pulls on Gul'dan. Oof. This is a crazy chart to see that. Wow. 14 wipes on Krosis versus 5 from Serenity and 22 from Method. Took like 104. Feels bad, man. Well, as we said, Augur <laughs> was only about execute and rate right. saves. So. That's yeah, a I think it was... It, it was also about procs, that's what I think, oh. definitely. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I wasn't on the boss because I was just a holy priest, and y we, when you when you have like, two, only two healers, only two spots for healers, you always have to take shaman because of cooldowns and paladin because of spot healing. So yeah, but, um, well, Star Algor was, uh, well, from my perspective, it was not really, you know, interesting boss since you always have to roll procs. You, you have to... It's insane DPS check that you have to do everything properly. It was really hard, but I think Alessand was a bit more interesting. Mm. And yeah, we heavily underestimated rogues on Tichondrus, right, Nurse? Nobody told us that, that rogues can actually soak the debuff. That was the problem. Yeah, well, that was a Nurse fault for sure. We can uh, blame him. Uh, we can blame, oh. start blaming him right now because. <laughs> He, he, he must have told so now us. you're saying that. Yes, you're saying that. <laughs> Goodbye, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we lost him. He's gone forever. He vanished IRL. Um, but yeah, if you're talking about rate compositions, I think Method just, uh, well, you know, got a bad decision about having, I think, four Hunters in their roster before uh, the night hold because after all I think Hunters was one of the worst variants because they had almost zero uh, self saves and so on and their DPS was well merely mediocre one mm -hmm. so yeah after all I would say MVP are, MVPs were rogues uh, probably hope Nurse doesn't hear me I have just warrior I heard it I heard it <laughs> I'm MVP yes uh, yeah <laughs> warriors DKs probably and if we were talking about ranged guess who yeah right it's shadow priests mm. yeah we'll go into Gul'dan more in depth after the little break here I want to plug some things and then we'll we'll come right back and, and dive into more about Gul'dan so anything else you guys wanted to wrap up from the previous topics, or be good to move 
Good to move on? Yeah, I think we're good to move. I think we're good. Alrighty then. Well, I'll take a quick moment and plug a few things that you guys may or may not have known about. Of course, the first one up on the bat is going to be... On the bat? Up to bat? On the docket? Is the enhanced... Is the, is the uh, channel guide for all of the Discord servers and whatnot. This is the guide that I put together and keep curated. You can check that out there if you are curious. I know a lot of you are worrying about, you know, changing specs and S7.2 comes out and artifact power and trinkets and all this other stuff. Check out the Discord servers. They're all linked right there. As well as all the extra websites if you're looking for other things. Of course, the Mythic Plus website is right down here. The Mythic dot, MythicPL.us is a really great little website. Of course, when we're getting the new affixes in the future. So those are down there. Check out the channel guide if you need some other resources that you aren't familiar with. And again, of course, I need to shout out the all the support that the show is receiving and is growing on Patreon. If you missed the beginning plug, thank you all for those that are supporting. You can follow and check out the channel um, and go with the show notes. Those are posted for patrons as well as the BTS podcasts are also there. These are meet and greets that are audio only from the spec specific shows. So if we, you know, as we go through and do those in the future, there's, there's the shaman one, there's the hunter one, right? For example. So those will all be posted there on Patreon as an extra. If you want more podcasts, they exist, right? Additionally, of course, if you missed part of the show today, all the shows go up on the YouTube channel. Link is down below as a complete cut of the VOD of the show, as well as going up in MP3 only versions, uh, audio only on Google Play Music, iTunes, and Stitcher. They're linked, of course, on the website, Final Boss TV, link down below. So if you want to listen to these audio only, you can do so as well. And the show has an official apparel store, and you may have been familiar with the Final Boss TV does these Mythic World First shirts, right? So we have, this is Methods for Blackhand, Hellfire Citadel, we have Xavius for Exorcist here. And these are sort of like a commemorative thing. I like to have these going forward just as like a, a timestamp, as it were. Of course, there are other ones as well here too. Oh, as the, there they go. But we've sort of done the same design twice for Method, and we changed it up a bit for Exorcist. So we have, I gotta make sure I watermark this page, we do have a little bit of a preview to show you. The Exorcist shirt is being worked on right now. So this is just a work in progress currently. So we're working with the, the Gul'dan skull and Exorcist's X from their logo as being the centerpiece with the, uh, the demon within in the background sort of blending into the back of the shirt. And that will be a lot more recessed so that the, the skull is the main focal point. That's how... About how big it would be on a shirt. A little smaller than that, I think, at the final product. But just so you guys know this is happening. The TOV shirt is not going to happen. It's sort of the mid middle holdover raid. So we just couldn't... It's just There's way too much going on for my artists now to get, get together on that. So the Exorcist shirt for Mythic Gul'dan will be the next one. And we're trying to make it a design that is not directly tied to that you need to know what it's from. So that's what we're working with currently now. So if you obviously know about it, then it'll mean more to you, but just making it a neat shirt design. So that'll be available soon if you would like to purchase that and support the show, of course, and then rep your favorite guilds. You know, Serenity's going to get in there or or someone, make sure we have other options. It's been just method and exorcist so far on these, but... And then, of course, to keep up with, with the guild, you can always check out uh, Exorcist's website. 
they need a bit of an upgrade uh, update because I go to their video page and it's just Mr. Pandarian, Cataclysm, Wrath of Lich King. You gotta get on that. Al Alviona, who makes your website? You gotta, gotta, gotta catch up. Well, actually, we just need to make it an English version too because now it's oh. Russian only, I think. Yeah. But uh, if they just want to look at our movies, they can just Google up uh, Exorcist and you're gonna mm -hmm. see our channel. We got a lot of plenty cool videos made by our movie maker because they oh, are yeah. really cool. Especially the last one. I hope you really liked it. I, as an editor, I actually really enjoyed the the rack focus, the soft focus in the middle of the screen, and like the the sort of frenetic camera movement. I thought that was amazing. I don't know how how did you get that footage, but like it, <laughs> was that footage recorded from a a second kill, and then yeah, of course stitched together. No, we're, <laughs> we're just that much better than Method oh. and Serenity, so we're just you bringing our movie maker to a first kill yeah. and just, well, you know, we just don't need 20 people to kill it. 90 is more than <laughs> enough. <laughs> okay, that's fair enough, but that is, it was really good. That was really good uh, footage. I really enjoyed it. But you guys have two versions online right now, one without the shake and one with, so. Uh, no, I think we just removed the shaking one and uh, oh. just keep, kept the one without it. Oh, really? Oh, As far well, as I know, yeah. Hmm. Fair enough. I, I like the frenetic movement and all the extra footage. That was really, really well done. Props to your, your editor and, and, and film folks for all the different POVs and whatnot. It was a really good, really good video. It reminded me of the huge, big videos made back in, like, Nax, Like, Wrath of Lich King times. It was really, really good. I liked it. Entertaining. Tons of POVs. Good stuff. But... Let's bounce back over here and let's move forward with a little bit more nitty gritty about uh, about Gul'dan. Talk about the encounter. You ready? You all set? Nurse, you good? Ready? Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, so I guess the opening point about Mythical Dan is we've talked about it a lot on the encounter. So the mythical only phase and beyond. But the thing about that phase is that you knew it was coming because of the PTR whoopsie. And I guess you can infer that it should happen because a lot of these final tier bosses have had mythical only phases, except Xavius. But, <laughs> and even Helia's phase changes drastically in Mythic, right? So most of the phase two, the intermission phase, changes a lot in Mythic. So, but you knew going into the fight that it was going to be a mythical only phase. So how did you prep going into that? Because you didn't have more knowledge than that. Do you just like, oh, here, it's happening. I mean, how do you how do you progress on a phase you have no idea what it does? So who gonna start or should I? Yeah, I, do I don't know. Again? This is I didn't throw it to somebody because I don't know who wants to really go through the the, the thought process. Well, yeah, let's actually, you go first. <laughs> okay, go for it, Alviona. Go for it. Well, yeah. So starting about the first part, which we are trying to do every time we see uh, end boss, we're trying to determine all of the abilities. However, this time it was really problematic, so we ended up being almost finding anything about this. I think we have uh, some kind of, well, expectation that it's going to be some kind of Illidan phase or something like that. Right. However, we weren't able to find anything, well, specifically for the phase itself. So we ended up just seeing it on live servers, and as I already took her and I said, it was pretty bugged at the start. However, we just... Uh, you know, after the first pool, we can just, okay, 
20 minutes break. We're just going to Warcraft logs, yeah? Looking at all the abilities he casted and just, uh, well, you know, looking at tooltips, seeing what he's doing and why he's doing and so on, realizing how it works. And after that, well, you know, just need to execute it properly. However, with the uh, with the Illidan phase, we had an issue because, well, you know, the ability wasn't working properly. Because of that, we wasted a lot of pulls. But other than that, I guess we had um, some kind of, well, let's talk, uh, let's just say it was a almost working strategy on the second day, I think, or around that. Mm. So we just wasted one day to realizing how it's going to work and what we should do. And after that, we've been just waiting for a fix to make sure we can execute it. Uh, of course, we haven't know at that part. We didn't know that we need to stack three orbs uh, on the second uh, part of the phase to make sure we meet the requirement DPS check. So we've been just using two orbs at the start and two orbs later. However, when we realized that with such scheme we don't have enough DPS, we just well you know reverted the strategy to one to three and uh, well had a two percent wipe. So after all, we realized and we're good to go and just, you know, finished it. I'm pretty sure that from a healing point of view, Tuka probably could add something and probably Nurse could do it too. Because from a tanking perspective, we've been just starting to use uh, tank swaps. Then realized that uh, Monk have a lot of issues if he can't get any heals during the debuff. And we just make it so Druid tanks all the time and I'm taking care of all the ads. Hmm... Yeah, I guess that was the that's one of the questions in this thing is is we can watch the kill video, but what is happening is the question. <laughs> so, uh, I mean, nurse, do you want to walk? I mean, because it, it, it's out right now. Do you want to like you solidify want me to some? Explain? Yeah, do you want solidify some like exorcist strats that you guys employ that everyone else will now follow for the rest of time? That I'll use in like seven weeks when I finally get there. <clears throat> but you know, what 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 is happening in that that phase? Like, what are you doing? What did you figure out? That kind of stuff. Well, when Illidan's or oh, his body comes to the fight, uh, he let me remember he spawned some debuffs on two people. Uh, then after eight seconds, uh, four parasites spawn from them. So. Uh, uh, there was some uh, fun about that because um, even after kill, uh, some people uh, didn't realize that <laughs> those mobs uh, just received the 100% of damage only if you are in a melee range of it. <laughs> so some of our deeps uh, thought that they are cool on DPSing these worms. Um, I've just heard it for the first time right now. <laughs> <laughs> so this is an example how our guild rates. Nobody understands anything. I've got no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> so, um, um, in the same time with these parasites, uh, sometimes Ilden throws one of his glaive, and from this glaive uh, spawn the the fat ad. Uh, so you need to kill him, and uh, after his death, there is um, some some kind of demonic sphere that. Uh, have a field. If you're getting in, it's, it drains uh, your HP and healed up. When it uh, have 100%, uh, it will blow up in five seconds or something like that. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. When and you charge, it's like five seconds to. Yeah, five fight. seconds after you... HP. Uh, and um, 
very important thing on Encounter that I uh, didn't mention before. Um, it's uh, during this fight on the, on the last phase, uh, sometimes uh, spawns... Uh, well... You call them wells, they never called like that. <laughs> it's a sphere, something like a night sphere or something like that. Um, so, uh, the most important thing about the sphere that uh, it always uh, receive 50% uh, less damage. And uh, it also has a field. Uh, if you are a melee, you can't hit, uh, you're just silenced in this field. So none of your ability works. So this is the main target for the range dips. And plus, mm. this spare is during the time just uh, losing its HP. So you need to understand uh, when you need to dip this uh, sphere and when not, because uh, it should uh, be dead in a exact time. So if you will mistake in dealing too much damage or killed it uh, before the... Uh, big sheet AOE of Feldan's body, uh, you will die already wipes. Because uh, after the death of this sphere, it spawned um, some kind of a barrier. And if you go in inside, you are paralyzed. And this sphere is uh, living during 10 seconds or 8 seconds. I can't remember exactly. So Yeah, you uh, said that you're not only paralyzed, but you're immune to all damage, even oh. if it's one shot. So, after all, it's more about you should time to kill the ad with a sphere, to feed it up, and run into this orb uh, with the, the time warp better, yeah. to make sure you're not dead from the blowing up the sphere from the ad, and, uh, you know, just getting the Illidan back to the floor when he is uh, flying around and one-shotting everyone. So it's more of a timing issue. And when this sphere from the ad is blowing up, uh, Illidan is getting increased damage taken for a period of time. With okay. one orb, it's a five seconds. With two orbs, it's 15 seconds. With three orbs, it's 30 seconds. So if you're blowing up three spheres, you're getting like almost three times more damage on Illidan for 30 seconds. That's hmm. why without stacking three orbs, it's almost impossible to reach the enrage timer. So you're basically dead. And after realizing this one, that was the main Thing that we realized and after that we almost killed it with the first pool because well I wouldn't say that it was the tightest enrage uh, we've ever saw and uh, another funny part that on the most uh, end bosses uh, at the end of a fight half of your raid is dead everyone is crying kill it kill it kill it mm. and something like that and this time it's almost just a pure DPS check so everyone is alive you need to control the ads on the last phase because you don't need them anymore to blow up the spheres because you don't have the night spheres to hide from that blows so it's more of a dps check and everyone is alive and well there's none none kind of a panic with oh my god kill it two two persons alive bubbles ice blocks and something like that so actually all this last phase is mostly only about managing the deeps uh to the correct targets so only about this melee killing the parasites uh range killing the sphere properly uh and that's all, I suppose. Now, I wanted to, to back up on the, the sphere mechanic so that people, when they watch the video, they understand what's going on. You say you have to have people in the sphere to let it drain HP to stay alive, but then you have to time it to blow them up before Illidan does his crazy laser beam, I'm going to zorch you dead phase, which... The first time in the cut in the video, if you hadn't noticed this chat, it cuts to like the big wide shot where Illidan is like gigantic and 
move across the platform. Yeah, lots of lasers. Lots yeah. of lasers. So do you, is there like a, a two-phase system where you have to sort of heal the orbs but then kill them before Illidan kills you? Is that... No, it's... No. It's like it, there are two different orbs. Oh. The oh. Nightwell and the orb which drops from the ad. So when you kill the ad, it drops the, the orb. And if you stand within the circle, you start charging it. And when it reaches 100% health, so when you already charge it, uh, it blows up within like four or five seconds, interrupting this huge laser cast and uh, uh, granting killing Illidan, with, yeah, killing everyone and granting Illidan with a debuff. So 50% uh, damage for each sphere. So mm. in order to interrupt this laser beam, you have to kill the Nightwell. Uh, so the sphere which uh, shots people, it drops a bubble. You have to hide in the bubble right after you charge the sphere. And uh, when the sphere blows up, it interrupts the cast and you're alive. So actually it casts uh, uh, lasers two times. So you actually have two transitions on the phase three because the, first the third one is a berserk. So you blow up the sphere, then you hide in the bubble, then you go away, you kill uh, if one or two, you kill two ads, if I recall correctly, on the second part of the third phase. Uh, you just, you don't charge them, you don't charge the spheres immediately, you just leave them alone. And when time comes, when, you, when he starts, you know, channeling this... Yeah, precasting this laser buff. You kill the you kill the Nightwell sphere. You start charging all other spheres you have left, and then you hide in the bubble. And the boss uh, gets interrupted, and it gets the debuff, one hundred fifty percent additional damage for thirty seconds. If I just if I'm not mistaken. Wow. And then you just nuke hmm. the boss. I was I was literally a healer. I was just pressing smite, holy word, chastise, <laughs> holy fire. Yeah. Yeah, so that was very intensive, very very cool. Okay, because yeah. all, all you see, all you see when you when when someone in my perspective watches these world first kill videos, because obviously it's it's a it's a victory, right? And you never really know exactly how things are dealt with. You can read the dungeon journal, but for these mythic only phases, I just see people like run over here to this, run here to that. This blows up. He comes back down. He like you never know like the intricacies of what you're doing and what the purpose of what you're doing is. But well, that explains why you have more orbs in the second explosion phase then. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's difficult to just show on the video. You need right. some explanation. So. Right. No, definitely. Well, that's that's awesome. I think I, I would assume, Alviona, you do most of the tweeting on the Exorcist Twitter because I think you sent out a post that said that the, there's no really awkward gimmicky nonsense in the, in the new Mythic Only phase. It's just about just executing. There's, there's no yeah, there's nothing weird about it. It's just you have to do this as a team. There was nothing funky. Yeah, that's right. Fair enough. But yeah, of course, when you're seeing a video, of course, you just can say to your friends, oh, I just saw a video. They killed it with the first bull. I guess it's easier. And so oh, well, on. Yeah, All right. <laughs> yeah, right. I'll, I'll Looking for people it. for gold and mythic. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 925 yeah, something level. like that. 925 <laughs> level. Yeah. So I guess... Yeah. The, the follow-up question to that whole situation is, did anything really stand out during progressing on Mythic Gul'dan? Were there, were there roadblocks that were overcome with, like, you know, Eureka moments? You were like, oh, this does this, or 
did anything, any of your raiders stumble upon something that you could then integrate into the strategy that was super important? Or was it sort of like a by the numbers, like each phase, each ad, each part of the fate? Like, what moments that you can remember were like, oh, did you have any of those during the, uh, during the encounter? Yeah, of course, I can mention some kind of, well, let's call it timestamps when we realized we yeah. are just, well, way better than we was before. The first part, of course, is the first phase because we need to settle up all the things to make sure everyone is positioned right and so on. Uh, but I guess it, this took us about four hours or something like that, probably even less. After that, we just transitioned to the second phase, starting to progressing on it uh, and realized that we should use the wins uh, to help us, well, you know, to actually getting back oh, to the position that. where we need to go, yeah, yeah. and so on. And, uh, well, the second part, which was a really meaningful upgrade of a strategy for us, was the trick with the debuffs, because actually uh, we started progressing to the third phase without this trick. However, this trick helped us to get there, well, more often than before, and something like that. I wouldn't say that it was a crucial part of our strategy. Of course, we can talk with the three people. Actually, we had three rogues, so it wasn't that much of a problem. Probably talking with the three rogues uh, was even easier in some kind of an aspects. Because for our strategy, if we're losing this rogue, it's almost a wipe. Mm. And he is getting a lot of damage, believe me. So, really, a lot of damage. Wait a minute. Three rogue strat soaking. Getting like <laughs> yeah. black hand flashbacks all of a sudden from soaking the smash. Damn you yeah, so rogues and your raid utility! <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, yeah, you're right. I, that's the reason why we're always maintaining a lot of rogues, because on yeah. every boss encounter, if it's hard, they are just the best melees, because they just simply can't die. Compared to a, a hunter, probably our hunter died, uh, like, three times more than all of our rogues combined, because, well, you know, <laughs> During every, no progression. every <laughs> AOE coming, okay, let's see who is that. Oh, it's our hunter, oh, it's fine, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Uh, and I wouldn't even say it was every time his mistakes, of course, he's been, well, sometimes it was his mistake. However, a lot of times it was just because, okay, I'm Hunter, I've got no damage reductions, cool, okay, I'm dead. <laughs> and, and if we're talking about uh, the third phase, uh, as I've already described, the first part was realizing how all the abilities worked. Right. It took us around... 10, probably 15 pulls. After that, uh, we've been waiting till all the bugs are fixed because before it's done, we just simply can't progress further. And when it was finished, uh, the only thing we needed to realize is that we actually need to blow up one sphere first time and three spheres uh, the second time to make sure we're mid in rage time. Uh, so I guess it was around four part uh, of a progression for us. Mm -hmm. I mean, each time we've been thinking about something to change and so on. Because from the start, when you see a 16-minute fight, of course you want to say, okay, let's use two bloodlusts. And uh, I'm probably, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a lot, some guilds actually use two bloodlusts. One from the start and the second one on 10th minutes. Uh, we, for example, used only one because uh, we just... Um, checked and realized we didn't need the first one due to our composition and, well... That was something that really helped us. And by the way, talking mm. about uh, inventing a strategy, uh, we started inventing a strategy on a beta when we actually realized which classes looked really cool for the encounter. And uh, for example, we just thought, okay, we need warriors, DKs, and actually we've been using a lot of melees. It wasn't some kind of, you know, random thing that happened, like a lot of our ranged 
dips just left the guild and so on. It was just an intentional thing that I've been talking to our guildmates. So we need to swap some ranger to melees because we realized that for this content, running uh, with more melees is a better a better variant for us. So uh, if compare this mm. to some kind of previous add-ons where we got the same situation, however, for the ranged ones, because we've always had like three or four melees and everyone else been running uh, ranged. Uh, this one is a bit different. Well, but yeah, I think that was a huge impact for the progression. So we just uh, got a really great composition and executed it well. So yeah, that's what one of my subs brings the same thing up. And we've been talking about this for a while now. And ever since we saw the kill video compositions or looked on WoW progress, there is a very, which this is sort of Blizzard's fault in a way, like they design these encounters. These encounters so far in Nighthold, you only need enough ranged for the ranged mechanics to be baited or act properly, right? And you can do it with ranged and healers that count as ranged. And it's so punishing on some encounters that are just overloaded with ranged mechanics that they basically just do mechanics the entire fight and the melee kill the bosses. Do you, and you, you plan this going into this, because you said as you went, you know, plan this back in way in beta, is that, do you, is that okay, I guess? was Is that all right? Because not every guild runs that way. Normally it's the flip-flop, right? Usually be like four or five melee and the rest are ranged DPS. So did they flip that on its head on purpose? Do you think Blizzard did that intentionally to go with, heavy melee raids with just enough range to satiate the need for mechanics. I don't know, Nurse, what do you... You're, you're fine, because you have a guaranteed raid spot, but... I've got nothing to say. I'm okay with that. Yeah, Thank right. You, <laughs> I've got nothing to do, only pressing Very my buttons to kill the boss. Very and sometimes pressing Actually, the Clock of Shadows to avoid some mechanics. That's all my game. Right. Let's just call it a melee revenge for all the pain they suffered for like two or three years. events in a row. <laughs> yeah, almost. Uh, I think, uh, yeah, it's really like four years since uh, melees were a favorite compared to ranged ones. So yeah, after all, I would say that, of course, it's not something like probably the viewers currently thinking, okay, I'm right now deleting my hunter or mage and we're rolling to rogue. <laughs> yeah. it's, not like, it's, it's not like that. I can't say that those bosses can't be done without uh, with uh, a lot of melees. It was just a favor for us to run more melee. So after all, yeah, I would say uh, it's definitely doable with more range yet. it's just a matter of well you know something which make our life a bit easier and uh, with uh, we've been just realizing we're able to reroll some of our ranger to melees without you know sacrificing you know some kind of you know, meaningful guys like well you know some of us some of our rangers that just don't have any melees at all yeah, and that's the question. So yeah, after all, it wasn't just uh, like you know we roll everyone to melee and something like that. It's more was uh, like the situation where we just said, okay, if you have a good melee with good legendaries and so on, just go on and re-roll. So we ended up with a composition with like uh, I think seven ranged overall and uh, around uh, eleven or twelve melees or something like that. A lot, probably yeah. less. Yeah. And I guess that also sort of 
like bleeds over into what Tuki has to worry about because you're a playing a healer that counts as a ranged. So you're sort of in the same, you know, ballpark that the mechanics that target the ranged predominantly will also target you. So how do you feel with your little ranged camp when it's like you, one other healer, and then like five, four, four, five ranged compared to previous expansions where you had that huge ranged healer camp and now you've just been like cut in half with, with so few so few of you left. Is that so I think they've done a lot uh, on their homework with Helia because on Helia it was totally impossible to play a Holy Priest, firstly. Since you have <laughs> a lot of casts, uh, you cannot just run and heal as rest of druids can. And uh, it was very, very problematic for some classes. And the boss was in favor of some other classes, like like rest of druid, mist Reaver monk, probably, or some classes uh, which have less casts and more insta-cast abilities. So it was really bad because uh, healing balance is not only about move healing and movement, it's uh, also about other different things such as rate utility or damage reduction abilities, which are very, very cool, like Master Aura, for example. And they decided to make make a step away from it. And uh, for, for example, on Gul'dan, uh, this Liquid Fire ability do not target healers at all. So you don't have to run away from the raid to place this green pools properly. Oh. Uh, if, if you are a healer, you can just stay in heal. So at this point, I can say that yes, uh, this was the right choice to make healers uh, just heal and participate in other mechanics, which are not, uh, you know, which do not involve so much movement. Because if uh, it is totally impossible to play shaman, holy priest, or other classes like DC priest, if you have to, if you have such hectic fight like Helia, if you have to move all the time. Right. So yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I still think it's more a question of balancing because, for example, if we if we let all abilities target healers, uh, we just have such classes like Rest of Dread. It's just totally overpowered right now in 7.2, and it's even more overpowered when it comes to hectic fights when you have to move and you when right. you cannot just stand and heal. You you have just run all over the place and heal. That's definitely I, I don't want this to happen to be honest <laughs> so it, it, on night call this was pretty okay except the situation with two healers so I think it's it's cool yeah overall I think the balance in that hole is really good uh, talking about tank wise damage wise and healing wise all the classes are viable well probably to some extent uh, the feral druids are in a bad situation probably mm. unholy decays apart from that two every class is okay we've been even thinking about running two LS shamans for our progression but after all we just you know realized we are good to go with our current setup. Yeah, you bring up on Holy DK, it's funny because they're getting some pretty massive buffs on Tuesday. They're getting some hot fixes in the upcoming uh, upcoming Tuesday reset. So, yeah, we'll have to see about about that. There's actually what our DK wants to reroll to red, but oh. in the uh, oh. last week, as I can remember, he dropped to these legendaries for his spec. So <laughs> he was lucky. <laughs> Guess that made up his mind for him. Yeah. So, I guess the last little point on this, besides before we move on, is I wanted to go around the table to all three of you and reflect on like your favorite end boss victories. 
what do you what would you would you put like your favorite bosses you've you've encountered nurse you're up first what do you what do you think mm, from my point uh it's difficult to decide in some ways and i will explain because um i'm in hardcore raiding scenes uh i'm an exorcist since drenner and the previous guild was uh, really close to hardcore guild so um i remember the ragnars but um I was killing it during three or four months. I can't remember exactly. So it's uh, I know that this is a great boss. I really liked it. But when you during the progression or for all this time, uh, this is not just uh, gives you some another feelings when you kill uh, Xavier's seen 17 hours of raids opening or something like that. But uh, returning to favorite bosses, yes, I can say that Ragnaros one of the best, but uh, it was really long for me. Uh, I was uh, really excited about Leishan, uh, and in Drenner, Archimonde was good, and right now it's Gul'dan. So, something like that. Four favorite bosses. How about you, Tuki? Uh, well, I am a pretty much newbie in this game because I play since Pandaria, so I don't even, <laughs> even know wow, what it's like to this, go Ragnaros. You, you, yeah. This casual is in your... Yeah. Albiona. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take fix, you. Fix it, please. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, probably, probably I think Margok was pretty epic boss, especially hmm. the, with this, uh, you know, unexpected hidden face. As far as I know, it was unexpected even for Paragon, who killed it first, because there was even a video when they, like, when they're killing uh, the Emperor and they do not expect Cho'Gal to appear, and, yeah. and they, what? What's happening? Kill the boss already, but, well, unfortunately, there is uh, 50 millions or 30 millions, I don't remember. Uh, so, our... Gul'dan was also pretty epic, uh, I don't know, but uh, when you kill the boss and you get the world first kill, it had you you have the very, you know your emotions are a bit different from just uh, killing the boss in uh, semi casual guild. It's just just a bit different thing, so I cannot even compare it. But uh, I think yeah, Margok was probably the best for me. Alviona, how about you? Well, I just uh, mentioned like four bosses or probably even five. I just can't, uh, you know, say which one of them are top three because uh, you just, uh, well, you know, every time you're just thinking about something in the past, you're thinking, yeah, this time it was really cool. Now it's mm -hmm. worse and something like that because of nostalgia. Yeah. However, in fact, I'm pretty sure that both uh, Ragnaros, Lation, uh, Akimond, Margok, of course, I really love that fight too, and uh, the Golden fight itself, uh, well, they are all probably not equal difficulty-wise. Yeah, Margok was easy, however, the fight itself was really cool in terms of the secret phase. It was really sure. uh, something you're not expecting, and it was really cool. Uh, however, uh, th that's the bosses I want to mention. Yeah, like Ragnaros, Lation, Archimon, Margok, and Golden, Something like that. Sounds good Both to me. You both of you told about Margok. Do you want to know why I don't like this boss? <laughs> I was a brewmaster who kite the ass for during all the fight. During all the hey, fight. hey, that was super important. Okay, <laughs> running circles. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, 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 and I've been raging at him because he's been doing it pretty bad. What? <laughs> no, I was good at, at this, but there were one big mistake because when we were really, really close to the kill of this boss, I got a brain lag that we need to dips the boss. I just throw the last <laughs> my spell for to to this ads and get to the boss, touch death, some other spells, and then I'm become dead because the ads catch. <laughs> and that was why. Do you do any of you have a do you prefer the mythic only phase on the last boss or do you like the Sinestra Raden mythic only last boss where you just there's an extra boss in mythic only and in heroic it doesn't exist. Like which which design do you think works better? Because there's a, a split camp on this. I don't know. What do you? Who wants it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I don't have a. a well, opinion. I can start. I probably think that everyone is gonna say a pair of words about it. However, from my opinion, the main problem with mythic phase is the boss becoming like a twelfth or twelfth is a good idea. It could be like twenty minutes fight, and yeah. that's a bad one because actually it just makes it not only complicated but just exhausting because you need to spend like 11 minutes just to reach the phase which is terrible in terms of well you know exhausting all the raids and that's why uh, mythic only bosses uh, probably is a good idea however if we're remembering what's happened to Raden mm -hmm. and to Sinestra yeah. to some extent, Ugh. Hello Dark Simulacrum thing and something like that, yeah. I would prefer the mythic only phase because, well, at first part you're getting some kind of reward for that 11 minute uh, preparations and something like that. Plus you just can't uh, make an interesting boss for a mythic only uh, difficulty because it's a time consuming for developers and they mm. just can't well you know give so much attention to us unfortunately right so i think that, uh, well yeah that's just true because we're just there not even a minority we're a minority of minority so it's just like when uh, no reason to them to anyway just even try to make such kind of a bosses and nowadays at least so uh, the current variant with the mythic only phase seems way better for me mm. Fair enough. I mean, they've been pretty well balanced and tested so far outside of the issues you could, you did see. But, um, yeah, I don't know. There's definitely a back and forth on that. I think there's still that really big camp that people like the hard mode bosses over, like, a flat mythic difficulty in the first place. So, but now, of course, we live in this mythic plus World War Dungeons and there's, like, this weird new voice. They're like, we should have mythic plus raids. No. <laughs> No, we should more of souls straight. No, no, no. <laughs> but the last little topic I wanted to bring up here was sort of one that just propped up. And this is not like a huge topic. I just want to get the, you know, let you guys clear the air about this. Is that there was a recent interview that came out discussing that Exorcist may be stepping down either for just the next tier or for the rest of the expansion or etc. And not going like super hardcore end game progression, 15 hour raid, etc. But um, can you talk about this like development in more more detail, Alviona? Like, well, what or or nurse? What who has the? You know, actually, after each uh, big raid, someone of us uh, usually says that, "Oh, guys, that was last raid for me. I'm so exhausted, or maybe exhausted." Oh God! <laughs> so, oh. Uh, so this talks are 
always um, happens after big raids. But after one or two weeks, people are get rest and they are ready to continue. So actually, we really never know what people plan after the finishing this raid. So, hmm. well, okay. if we're talking about yeah, if we're t like a GM, probably I know more about it. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, uh, from my perspective, we're currently discussing it still. However, we're waiting from some kind of a news from a developers about the 7.2 patch and uh, how much grind we should do to make sure we're well staying competitive to other guilds and so uh. on. And that's well probably the main part of the reason we're still discussing it. However, as of now, we're not going casual unless you're seeing it in Twitter, uh, our website, and something like that. Sure. It's still under discussion. Not more than that because yeah we're still preparing yeah we're still farming all the instances and so on hopefully we're not farming more souls right now because we just need to leave at least a bit leave wizard. we just Speak. want to leave our real lives at least for one or two months thanks and after like that yeah probably we're ready for some more uh, holes of weller uh, farm or something like that but yeah it's just under discussion okay not more than that for now because that definitely came out, and I didn't know, because in the light of, I think, From Scratch is going casual, SNF is stepping down, uh, Midwinter is stepping down, but apparently, like, SNF and Midwinter, people are, like, making a new Super Guild or something. I don't know. But it definitely is a huge double-edged sword, because the game has gotten, uh, in, in most situations across the board, better, but then to be at the high end now, for very little reward, I guess is such a huge time commitment where the game becomes more of a job. And some people, myself included, make a bit of a job out of the game, but the game itself shouldn't be just a, I have to play 12 hours a day all week to get ready for the raid coming out in two months. That's a lot of of work. So... No, I think it's it's quite okay if you get something for the world first, for example. So you mm. can make you 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 can actually uh, spend a lot of time on it, but you can uh, get something. So you can earn money, or you can get some at least some uh, special rewards for those who get world first or world third, second, fifth doesn't matter. Uh, and uh, I don't I don't know. I think Blizzard can. Uh, do something, uh, something about it, and they can. Moreover, they can attract so many people by uh, cooperating with top guilds, uh, making it, making this world progression race spectacular, and uh, probably streaming progression is also not uh, not uh, the uh, the worst idea. There can be, for example, a one day delay or something, half day delay, uh, not to let other guilds steal your strategies uh, because this is the main concern so sure just the the amount of uh, things you have to do is not it, it's of course is the best the, it's something bad but you can let people do it and reward them for doing it now it's it's not like any of the solutions fair enough because uh, there's definitely competition at the top Right, but like I was just explaining in chat, like I guess I brought up Midwinter wasn't even a world first hardcore guild. 
it's not that it's the the state of these guilds that really push you know they push hard content they 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 go really hard the first two weeks and they're they're just realizing that it's why right like ha having fun in the guild and and pushing really hard is definitely its own reward right like a own inner guild kind of reward but at what cost does it and it's funny preacher brought this up in a recent video that uh it's funny how we've gone and Blizzard does this, right? They they did this every other expansion. It seems like they try out new things. A lot of stuff might fail, and then we end up with Worlds of Draenor, where the volume was on like a four, and then they were like, "Oh, well, people want more stuff to do. They want other ways to progress their character. They want more things to do every day. They just want all this alternative character progression. They want loot to be important. They want dungeons to be important. They want." Well, all the stuff, and though they turn it up to 13 for Legion, like there's no middle ground. They didn't just go to like eight; they went all the way to 13. And it's just it. There's so much that's overwhelming and great, but also at the same time, it becomes like, oh boy, oh, hell. yeah. So there is an interesting amount of pendulum swinging that Blizzard doesn't always swing it a little bit. They just go way off the other side of it but but all right then i guess the last little bit of the show here real quick is to give you guys some soapboxing time i have it written down here in the notes that you have anything to say to your your fans your your competition your haters i guess you want to soapbox about anything in particular before we we get out of here and i'll go let's go to nurse first because chat probably wants it go for it what you got <laughs> sir yeah thanks everyone who watched us today yeah it was a uh... Not the first experience, but I really liked it. Thank you, Adam, for making this happen. So you're welcome. <laughs> I will see. Maybe after Tomb of Sergeras. <laughs> <laughs> so um, back to the chat again. Thank you, and uh, special for our Russian viewers. Огромное спасибо вам, ребята. Особенно ценю помощь людей, которые поддерживали нас не только морально но и также присылали нам всякие возможные, можно так сказать, апгрейды, золото, рунки на почту. Это все очень сильно пригодилось, и даже если что-то не потратилось, оно лежит в банке и ждет гробницы Саргераса. Увидимся в следующем рейде. Awesome. I have no idea what you said, but I don't think there were any, I don't think there were any curse words in there. Yeah, he just bl blamed you and so on. Oh, that's no. fair. <laughs> Tuki, how about you, sir? What do you what do you have for some shoutouts and whatnot? So that was the first really hardcore and really intensive progression for me. So I I was like very uh, I don't know happy about how it ended. So I I want to say just thank you to I would just want to say thanks to everyone who uh, supported Exorcist uh, on the forum battles. Uh, who participated in all this uh, conversation about who is better, method and or serenity? And uh, <laughs> we, you know, unfortunately, uh, people started saying that okay, it's better to let exorcist in than serenity if they are rooting for method. Wow. So and vice versa happens for serenity fans. So thank you all. I hope the mythic progression race will be more and more spectacular with uh, just with every content. And so more and more people will be involved, more and more people will be interested in this. 
and uh, let's just all make it more and more popular. So thank you. And to our Russian um, viewers or just people from Russia, ну что, всем спасибо большое, особенно тем ребятам, которые пришли с канала Нюрса, вы молодцы, я от души поржал над тем, что вы писали в чате, очень было круто, вот, и спасибо всем тем людям, с которыми я играл до этого, потому что, ну, это действительно было весело, и без, возможно, кого-то не смогли бы, ну, я бы не смог сейчас быть здесь, поэтому всем спасибо, and that's it. You said something funny because you definitely made Nurse almost fall over in his chair. Yeah, I, w I was talking about his supporters, <laughs> his viewers oh, coming oh. right here to the chat and yeah. <laughs> said thank you. Alviona, how about you, sir? What, what you got for, for everybody? What's yeah, uh, first of all, thanks for you, Adam, for ma making it live. Uh, thanks to all the fans, uh, both Russian and non-Russian ones. Uh, thanks to all the chat for the probably some of the questions that you will redirected to us. Mm -hmm. And of course, thanks to Method and Serenity for the great race. Uh, of course, thanks to all other guilds too. I just meant that those two guilds was, well, let's say the closest one to us. And I agree with Tuker that I really hope that next one race, if it's going to happen for us, but I think it should, uh, going to be even more interesting f both to watch it and to participate in it. And yeah, of course, thanks to all my friends and family for, well, you know, cheering and helping me somehow and so on. Thanks a lot. Fair enough. Nothing for the Russian side here, though. You're not going to follow suit? No, they told enough, I think. It's okay, okay, that's fair. <laughs> they already know who I am, so we can talk about it later. Yeah, who is this guy? You well, all know right. my name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. Well, all right. I'm going to press this button that means we're wrapping up the show, and there it is. So thank you all for tuning in to episode number 129 of Final Boss TV. This is the Exorcist World First Night Hold. Again, my name is Adam K.A.K. Bay. Thank you so much for that. All the information about the show, links, and all the stuff right down below the screen. But again, around the table, just to say goodbye, there's Elviona, GM, and, and Tank. You could go follow Exorcist on Twitter at ExorcistWow. And thank you for being on the show again, sir. It was a pleasure. Maybe see you in Tomb. I don't know. Maybe. Oh, you muted? Hello? No, why not? Probably. Damn it, yeah. I'm really <laughs> muted. Sorry. But thank you again <laughs> for your time on the show, sir. It was a pleasure. Thank yeah. you so much. After all you said, Adam, I think we're forced to raid in Tomb of Sargeras. So, oh, yeah. crap. <laughs> <laughs> what, have I, what have I done? So... Yeah, Troll can just blame you and saying, well, we weren't really preparing, just Adam said that we should, so we just <laughs> go on and continue. And well, so we'll on. see. The the PTR testing that's been happening so far, people are saying bosses look pretty fun, so we'll have to see. Nurse? Yeah, oh, Nurse, there's you. You can follow Nurse over on his Twitch channel at Nurseios. Just put an OS on the end of that. What is that, Spirit Fingers? What was that? I don't know, just don't ask me. <laughs> 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 I have no idea what I'm doing here. <laughs> no idea. No idea. Sir, thank you for your time. And there's Tuki. He's the new one. You can follow him on Twitter. Show him some love at Tuki Wow, or just I don't I don't know. B bother him on on some other forum. But thank you for being on the show, sir. It was a pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much for this invitation. It was really cool. <laughs> what is what the what is what am I witnessing here? 
Is that stitches? What is this? No. What? Oh. Fudge. Fudge. <laughs> I don't. So I we don't... have some Dojo stuff here. <laughs> Come on. It's not a Blizzard game. That, are we? Are we crossing the streams? What's? <laughs> okay. Well, I will wrap up with these guys after everything else. But thank you all so much for tuning in today to episode number 129. Next week should be the Lost Codex Community Spotlight, where I sit down with the two creative directors, editors, and voice behind the Lost Codex YouTube channel and talk about their awesome lore videos. And then after that, we're looking into March. There is a poll on my Twitter, which should be ending tomorrow, where you can vote on the next four shows in the order in which they appear. And then April will be all Druids for four Sundays in a row in April. It's spring. It's Druid History Month. I don't know. So those are the next shows of the upcoming. Of course, you can ask me questions in my Discord or, of course, on the live streams. But that's it for me, everybody. Thank you all so much for watching. Trust in your seal of artifact power because you need it. And until next week, <sighs> bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. Wave. Wave by the nice people. Wave. Wave by. Or there you go. Is that? Let's go. Oh, what is this? I have to add, I don't know. <laughs> mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay.